welcome to the Fantasy Football Fig Nuts podcast, episode number 10. I am Craig. I am Britt. And um, Britt, this week, as we always start off, what are you drinking? Well, Craig, I'm glad you asked because the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer, and it is time for pumpkin beer. And if there's pumpkin beer near, it is Rhodes Mary's Baby by Two Roads. Yeah, I'm sure you're hearing the spooky music. I'm not hearing it because Craig puts it in later just to make me angry. But I am drinking a Rosemary's Baby by Two Roads and loving every minute of it. And I see... Thanks. What? What is that? What's this, you ask? Oh, what, what are you drinking? What's this? We're going back in time. It's like a shrunken bottle of Absolute. We're what going is back that? in time. It's a, clear, it's a clear bottle. The sides are ribbed. The logo is white and blue. That that can't be what I There's think it is. There's a giant Z on top of the bottle. What does that say, Britt? Th- is that a Zima? It is. We're going back 20 years. And oh, everybody yeah. just stopped listening. No, no. Okay, I, I, I all right, I don't yep. even know where to start at this. You hear me fumbling already. I was probably in high school, beginning of college. I wasn't really drinking anything back then. I don't want to try that, but I have to ask you, what exactly is it that you're drinking? I understand it's a Zima. Zima it is a refreshing citrus beverage. It says so right here on the label. Like a Sprite? Uh, yes. <clears throat> it's um, not as carbonated as Sprite, but um, it's, it is refreshing. It's refreshing. God help us it's not all. As, it's not as strong. It's actually a little bit better than I remember it being. Wow. There you go. Wow. Well, I have been so... Oh, my, my MC Hammer pants. Yeah, seriously. I have been so enamored by your Zima, I forgot to start the timer. You should do that. That's well, probably been like five minutes. Not even. I think Not we've even. been like, yeah, four. So, okay. Start Not the timer even. now. Why there you four go. The time. This is a very professional podcast, folks. We do things. Yep. Everything's set up perfectly. <laughs> Ass backwards. Every time. Every single time. Like Billy D. Williams. It's them every time. So anyway, we have a lot going on right now. Um, we are literally less than two weeks from the start of the football season. Uh, we are. We want to thank all of the folks who've tuned in so far. There are a high number of you, and we get more and more feedback every day. And we have a ton of feedback to go over today. Um, one of our dear friends wrote us two, not one, but two keeper questions for his leagues. We also got submitted an article on uh, the use of tight end in football, so we're going to talk about that, and we're going to try and run a mock draft tonight, too, as well, um, on the fly, using the Fantasy Pro software, but first, we start with the burning hot take questions, five questions from the realm of fantasy football and or pop culture that are burning through our heads right now. As always, I have a list of questions in front of me. Craig has a list of questions in front of him, and we have not seen each other's lists. So you're going to get free, uncensored thoughts right off the bat. Craig, play or pass? You want to give the first one, or do you want to take the first one? Um, I'm going to read you the first one. Go for it. Question one is Craig. Go for Question it. Question one related to football. The Colts have any chance this season with Andrew Luck's mysterious shoulder injury who's not better yet? No, next question. Um, no. I, with the, and there's, there's, there's the Brit sigh of resignation that you've all become accustomed to. Um, I don't know what is going on with Luck. And as such, I am preparing in my head as if he will miss the season. Now, why do I say that? 
from a fantasy football perspective, if I don't know how many games a guy is going to play, I can't presume he's going to play any. So, like, Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for six games. I know he's going to play 10 games as of right now unless something dramatically changes with his health or the suspension. I don't know what Andrew Luck's going to play. His minimum minimum number of games played right now is zero. That's the, His worst-case scenario is zero games. So I cannot fathom if he's going to play or all. And, and who's that backup? Who is there? Oh, who's that guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> that was one of our friends said that. We say that we so often. That. We, we forget so often who a backup is that we should make a complete segment out of it. Uh, so thank you for that idea, Cinch. So there you go. There's our first one. Um, you know, so while right. Craig is looking that up, we are our draft, our house draft, Craig, which I don't know if you recognize this, is a week from this Sunday. <clears throat> it is. We are literally days away from our 25th annual house draft. Have you finished your preparation? Uh, no. Have you started your preparation? I've started. Good for you. I've started. Good for you. I have been doing my preparation as part of the podcast, so I've kind of behind everything. So Craig is currently... Uh, re- it is Scott Stolzen and Stefan Morris are their backups. I can't... I, wow, okay. Um, I thought I knew football. I don't know either of those people. Craig could be making up two names for all no. I know. No, that's, that's, that's it. That's them. What are you, what's your take on it? Uh, same thing. They're so up in the air right now that you have no, I mean, you can't, you could go by preseason, but not everyone's starting. I don't feel real people go a hundred percent in preseason the whole time because they really don't have to, they know they're starting and quarterback being the central like offensive spot controls so many other things. T.Y. Hilton's value now has to be questioned. Dante Moncrief, I have seen going down, but I think that might be injury as, on his end as much as as uh, luck. Frank Gore isn't exactly a spring chicken, so if you don't have, like, let's just say for, for whatever reason, something happens to T.Y. Hilton tomorrow. T.Y. Hilton injures himself, God forbid, but at this point, it's going to be stack the box, slow down Frank Gore, who's already slowed down by age, and we'll beat you every time. And, you know, so we need to find out what's going on with Luck. And we don't need to find out. We need to see him. Because yeah. we've heard so many things. He'll be ready by this time. He's progressing on schedule. We need to see Andrew Luck on the field. So, for me, he has dropped significantly in my quarterback rankings. Probably to like 10th or more. So. Okay. All right. Question two. This one goes to Craig. Okay. You are starting a dynasty team tomorrow. Okay. You have the first overall pick. Okay. And you have decided that you need to found your team with a wide receiver. Okay. Dynasty format, so there's no redraft. You just add players to your pool and release ones that retire and you don't want at the end of the year. Right. Who is your number one pick in a dynasty format right now? Right now. Right. Right now. Don't look at your phone. No. I want this is gut check reactions. And I, <laughs> Antonio, I, Antonio Brown. Why? Yeah. Uh, right now, he's the most consistent receiver. I could say AJ Green, but AJ Green is heavily dependent on which Andy Dalton shows up. That's always true. Ben Roethlisberger is not exactly a spring chicken anymore, and he's been hurt a lot. He's not. I would go Odell. I would go Odell Beckham. You would even after his because he's a ankle couple injury? years younger. Yes. Despite what I saw on Monday night, um, I would go Odell Beckham. He's a couple years younger than Antonio Brown. And I think there's a more tread on the tire there. 
All right. So, okay. but that's a good question. So, all right. Question three is Craig's go. Okay. There's talk of new Indiana Jones movie. Really? Yes. Indiana with, Jones and the plot that doesn't suck so bad with Harrison Ford. Oh. You, yay or nay, Harrison Ford being an Indiana Jones. Oh, how can you go nay after the great movies he gave us in the first three, and how can you go yay with the fact that he's seventy what? Sure. And Crystal Skull. I still have not watched Crystal Skull. I haven't watched either. I am afraid to, but I have never heard anyone who's come up to me and said. Chris, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a great movie. Never. No, I've heard it wasn't bad, but I didn't hear it was good. So I'm going to say nay, just because I don't think there's ever going to be a 70-year-old action star except for Jack LaLanne, who was okay. pulling boats through harbor. What about harbor. Sylvester Stallone? No. No? No. He's not an action hero. They're not action heroes He's coming to back me. to being Terminator. In what? Was he, was he raiding an old folks' home? Well, he's not going to be the Terminator. He's going to be another... I but then that, that's, he's not the action hero then. Right. That's, I mean, that's like... So you're okay with Harrison Ford being in another Anna Jones movie, but he's not the central focus? If it like opens... taking over for him? If it opens with him sitting in like his study as Indiana Jones, and somebody comes in and brings him an artifact and says, do you recognize this? And Harrison Ford goes, oh, yeah. I know what this is. And they fade back to an old, like, throwback oh, like kind of thing. Like they did in, the, in the, the Last Crusade. Yes. And we have a younger actor playing Indiana Jones from, like, 20 or 30 years prior to the occurrence of this, this meeting. I'm fine with it. I'm not saying he can't be in the movie. I'm saying he cannot whip and swing over chasms anymore. <laughs> and he cannot run across a floor spelling Jehovah. It, All it's, right. Okay. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's fair. Okay, so that was question three. Question four. Uh-oh. Craig, Le'Veon Bell has tweeted today that he is going to report to camp on September 1st. Okay. That is next Friday. He hasn't taken a snap. He hasn't done a single drill. Has his draft value been impacted by his absence from camp? Yes, because I don't know what kind of condition he's going to be in. Okay. And I feel like when you do something like that, it it has potential to demoralize your teammates. This is the same like, guy who has served a suspension for um, drug abuse violations. He missed time then. He showed up to camp looking okay. Didn't affect his game. Does his past ability to bounce back from absences influence you at all? Yeah, because that was different. This is he was sitting out for more money. So voluntary versus involuntary camp misses. Okay. So I think there might be something within his in the locker room that, you know. Well, he is still going at number two amongst any ADPs I've read. So a lot of folks are not downgrading him. Um, Ezekiel Elliott continues to fall, by the way. I saw him 10th amongst running backs, literally just ahead of Isaiah Crowell. Wow. Who I think is highly overvalued this year. The higher Isaiah Crowell goes, the more I'm just like shaking my head. So in our draft, because that's a ten team, that he's going to go somewhere in like probably the late second round. Isaiah Crowell is going to be a second round pick, and I am going to laugh because I would not think of Isaiah Crowell before the third or fourth round. But okay, last okay. one, round it out. Give me a question. Give you a question. All right. So we talked about Harrison Ford. Yes. We talked about Andrew Luck. Yes. How do you feel 
about the NFL potentially having a team in England? Since they've been playing in England every year for the last couple seasons, there has been talk of actually having a team in England. I don't know how I feel about it. The flight across country has proven to be a major challenge for teams like San Francisco and Oakland. Um, I don't remember the last time I read it, but I did remember that there was a whole thing about teams from the West Coast flying east had like a 12 to 15% win rate, which is less than the average visiting team. Um, So I kind of feel like flying to England is, I mean, can you imagine if the San Francisco 49ers had to go to England to play a game? That's a long flight. Well, they'd have to fly to New York, change flights or refuel, and then fly again. That's the big concern I have is the time zone changes are, we can't handle a four-hour time zone change now. How are we going to handle a time zone from San Francisco to England, which is almost literally halfway across the world? I mean, at that point, you're almost on the other side of the globe. I mean, that's a little dramatic, but it's close. I don't know. I think... So they should just stay at the one game, the season thing, leave it at that. What division are you putting them in? That's a good question. AFC or (laughs) NFC Extreme East? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I like the idea of making the game global. I like the idea of involving England because English fans seem to love when the NFL comes over there. Uh, And I I think that's great. I don't want to deny them access to football. I just don't know from a competitive standpoint if the football... First off, we've given them really crappy teams. Jacksonville's gone over there like two or three times. Uh, Miami was over there last year and they weren't exactly stellar. I think the Chiefs were over there at one point. But so I'm not really in a place where I'm like, we've given them great football to begin with. And they keep coming out. I worry about the quality of football if we're flying back and forth eight times a year, you know, and and what do you do about the English team? Are you going to give them, are you going to stack the schedule so they don't have to travel so much? Or is that team going to be flying back and forth on an almost weekly basis? That's a lot. That's a tough one. You would have to do like three game homestands, home weeks one through three, away weeks four through eight home weeks 9 through 12, stuff like that you'd have to do because you could not do where you're home and away, home, home, away, 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 home, away, home, away. The back and forth would be too much. So Makes sense. Five burning questions. What do you think about that one? Um, I agree with you. You are I think, I, no, I think it would be it'd be too far. You need if to argue had, with me a little bit yeah, here. Yeah, well, well, no, well, this certain particular question so bonus question six how much do you love doug baldwin go wow i broke him (laughs) he just like froze and stared at the wall like he was looking into the future that was freaky i broke it with the see now that's a question i know we disagree with i'm no big doug baldwin fan but i know you hate him so um there's that so okay so that's our five burning questions so really quick before we move on to the next topic Mm -hmm. um in having dinner with keith and cinch um Keith says to me, so, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog lasted for like 19 years and Mike and Mike on ESPN have been around for 20. How long is uh, the football fig nuts going to last? And I said, well, we're doing number 10 this week and I think that's probably as far as we'll go. So, you know, <laughs> before we start hating each other, but we never argue. 
That literally, it's well, Craig the asked a question. St- the season hasn't started yet. But even still, we're gonna disagree on stuff. But I don't think we're gonna be like you're crazy and throw each other out of the studio kind of stuff, you know. But anyway, so uh, our listener friend Sean contacted me yesterday, and he would like us to address a couple keeper questions. Mm-hmm. So the first one comes from his work league. He can keep up to two people. Okay. He cannot keep anyone drafted in the first five rounds. Okay. Has to be a late round keeper. And he gets charged the rounds pick. He has decided he's going to keep Jay Ajayi because he got Jay Ajayi in the 16th round. Excellent okay. value. You are not going to get is, Jay Ajayi for is. a 16th round pick this year. No. But now he's second guessing himself okay. because he's also looking at his roster and he sees Devontae Parker okay. in the 12th round. Can he keep both the running back and the wide receiver in Miami, or does he just keep Ajaye because it is Jay Cutler? Because of Jay Cutler. He just keeps he just keeps Jay. Just keep Ajaye. Yep. Uh, his logic is he's a Bears fan, so he knows Jay Cutler all too well. He's seen a lot of memes with cigarettes. So He's thinking, this is the guy who likes to chuck the ball up. This is a guy who made uh, Cameron Meredith look good. This is a guy who made Alshon Jeffrey look good. Well, Alshon Jeffrey kind of did himself on the returns. Can't he make Devontae Parker look good? So is Devontae Parker at a 12 pick worth the keeper? I mean, again, it's a 12th round pick. I didn't do pick uh, differential on this one, but if... But do you keep... So you're solely relying on Jay Cutler to score for your receiver and help your running back. Well, the question then would become, what's he going to get in the 12th round that's better than Devontae Parker? That's a valid point. That's the only reason I'm thinking about it. That's it. That's the only reason I'm thinking about it. So my advice is, because it's a 12th rounder, I'd keep him. If there's anything above 10, then I would say no. I mean, like, if I I pulled up our draft from last year, which I don't have right in front of me, I, I couldn't tell you who I drafted in the 12th round last year. It's probably like my backup tight end. Probably. So uh, I think Parker's probably, I would probably say yes, keep them both. So there you go, Sean. I know you're listening because you told me you got caught up. Um, lies. Yeah, lies. I would keep both Parker and the Jaya. And you know what? A congratulations to him. Let's toss it out there. Sean, Sean is taking the plunge. He put a finger, he put a ring on it, and he's getting married next year. Congratulations to him. We're going to clap for you. Hopefully that didn't just kill the audio levels. Well, Craig's removed. Yeah, Craig is poking out his ear. That might have been a little too loud. Sorry about that. Um, so congratulations to them. He's gonna be. She, he's gonna. She's gonna make him an honest man. So uh, as honest as you can make, Sean. So exactly. So question number two. Question two. And and this and we're gonna be biased on this. Full disclosure. This is the live league that we are in with Sean. Hmm. We get to keep one person. Yep. And you you lose that round. Right. His team's terrible. Yes. Like he had a bad year last year. I, I think he won four or five games out of 15. Had a rough year last year. A lot of injuries. A lot of people underperformed. So he doesn't know who he's going to keep. Here are his options. Okay. Golden Tate for a sixth. Okay. Julian Edelman for a fifth. Andrew Luck for a fourth. Or Devontae Parker for a twelfth. He should keep Andrew Luck. Oh, I'm sorry. The previous question, Devontae Parker was a 13th. Oh, yeah, then definitely keep Yeah, him. I mean, that extra round just makes it even more and, attractive. Uh, in the league we're in with him, he should keep uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. He should sacrifice his fourth round pick 
and keep Andrew yes. Luck. Yeah, okay, and you are smiling like a man who wants to repeat as the Super Bowl champion. Uh, yeah, we can't. We yeah, no. <laughs> uh, all right, can, can we agree we're going to just take Andrew Luck out of the conversation? All right. The, the, seriously, honestly, if this were anybody I mean, else, really. any other league, would we be advising Andrew Luck for a fourth? No. No. Okay, current, so let's take him that out. That isn't his current condition. Can we dismiss Devontae Parker for a 12th because Edelman and or Tate are better values? Maybe. Okay, we'll keep Maybe. on the table. So it's Edelman in the 5th, Tate in the 6th, or Devontae Parker in the 12th. You got to keep one of those guys. What would you do? Uh, I would lean towards Parker because he's the number one. Which A. Cutler? Which A. Cutler? And the Miami Dolphins. Tate and Edelman are not. Are is not. he number one? Where's Jarvis Landry? Hmm? Jarvis Landry. What about him? He's still Miami, isn't he? You're gonna make me look this up. Who's <laughs> that guy? <laughs> but um, Golden Tate is moving to the slot position. That might be good for him, though. I've never been a Golden Tate fan. Never. No. So I mean, he had Anquan Bolden giving him advice being a slot receiver. So this could be a good year for him. And then he retired. He's like, yep, you do that. I'll be over here. I'm going to be retiring. So let me tell you everything you do. You stay up till 2 a.m. on game days, son. <laughs> the more tired you are, the more alert you'll be on the field because if you're looking for those guys, your head will be on a swivel. The other thing you should do is sit at home and eat Cheetos as much as possible. They're brain food. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure Jarvis Landry's there, and reports out of camp have been decent about him, unless I'm forgetting him moving somewhere, which is entirely possible. It's possible. So that's two who's that guy today. Um, so what? how do you feel about Edelman? I've never been an Edelman fan, and he also mm. is injury prone. And you've got Cooks there now. Brandon Cooks in a mix affects his number of touches. <sighs> this is true. Edelman in the fifth is too high for me. All right, so let's let's weasel it out. All right, so there's a right. keeper. If he keeps Edelman, he's probably got to look running back, running back, wide receiver in the first three rounds in, in some sort of order. Right. So that at the end of round three, he's got his two running backs and two wide receivers in play. So round four, he's probably looking at best available running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Knowing him, he's probably looking at tight end. He likes to balance things out. Um and then round five, he's looking at quarterback. He might even be looking at running back, wide receiver, or tight end still in round five. He likes that kind of person. Is that fifth round person going to be better or worse than Edelman? I think. Uh, I don't know. ADP would say Edelman's going in the fourth or fifth round. Really? Would say that's about value, but I. I don't know. I can't. I can't see him starting every game this season. And at that point, even if, if you've done what I'm thinking he's going to do, let's Sean just say for Edelman. <laughs> Sean, let's say for the f sake of argument, he keeps Edelman. Yep. He goes running back, running back, wide receiver in some combo. He's got two of each. Yep. In round five, he decides to back up with the best available for, you know, Whatever. just backup, backup slash um, flex positioning. If he drafts another wide receiver, he's up to three. He's got one. That's his flex. He's drafting his, his flex is his fifth round pick. Is Edelman better than the fifth round flex? I don't know that it's going to be that case. I don't think so. So you think he's just totally skip quarterback? At that point, yes, because the flex is going to be more appealing unless he's going to go out on a limb for the flex. And in a tight end sitting there. I mean, at, at, going into the fifth round, the odds are the only tight end off the board is going to be Gronk. 
maybe Gronk and Kelsey. Uh, so he might be tempted if he sees a tight end he really, really wants and he thinks they're not going to be there come around the sixth round. So Jordan Reed or Julian Edelman, one's going to be your starting tight end, one's going to be your flex. I'm really leaning towards Parker in the 12th. I think that's the best value. All right, so rank them. Parker, Tate, Edelman. Who's the first one you would keep if you had the choice? Parker. And presuming you can't keep Parker, Tate or Edelman? Tate. So Parker in the 12th, Tate in the 6th, Edelman in the 5th would be what you would tell Sean to do. Yes. Parker, Tate, Edelman. I'll switch. I'll go Parker, Edelman, Tate. But I think 12th round is just... I mean, it's only a one-keeper system, so it's not like you're missing out on something major. True. So, yeah, all right, so there you go, Sean. Um, our advice is, in both situations, to keep Devontae Parker. There you go. There it is, and That's congratulations, and good luck to you. So, <laughs> no, not really. No, not really. Not really, because you're playing against us. All right, so really quick, because I do want to talk a little bit about mock drafting today. We got an article from another one of our listeners this week named Mark who uh, sent us an article, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, which was just really terrible timing for us to talk about it because we record on Wednesdays. Uh, Sorry, Mark. Thank you for sending it, though. We do appreciate it. That argued that the tight end position in football, in fantasy football, is worn out and done. And he used a whole bunch of statistics that showed, like, the 10th best tight end was no better than the 30th best wide receiver. So why not just go to a three wide receiver set and make the position wide receiver slash tight end. No longer a mandatory tight end. Use any combination of three wide outs and three tight ends and just play fantasy football that way because tight end is a wasteland of talent with the exception of two or three people every year. I want to know what does you, you read this article. I believe I sent this to you. You took the time to read it. Yep. Good for you. What is your take on it? Is the tight end position really done? I don't think so because uh, for a long time in our league, we had four wide receivers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. And what happened was everyone just hoarded wide receivers. Like there was yeah. no there was no picking up anyone. That was like the first 10 years of our league. We did yeah. the four wide out. And then we switched it to three wide out and a tight end. And I think that really helped... It helped the draft because it ch- it changed it forced people to change how they draft. Yeah, they no longer hoarded wide receivers, so you can actually pick someone up week three. There was a time in our league, friends, where Yancey Thigpen was a first round pick because we kept like two or three guys each, and wide receivers were so strongly valued that not even joking, Yancey Thigpen went in the first and round. This was before we scored receptions. Yeah, that was that was pre PPR. We had never heard of a PPR league at that point. This is like circa 1996. Zima. Yes. Craig was probably (laughs) drinking a Zima at that draft. So I agree. Eliminating tight end to me is like the same argument as eliminating kicker or defense. The thing is... I've won games on tight ends. Yes. Yes, you have. And you've won games on kicker and you've won games on defense. Are they the most glamorous position? No. Are they ever going to be a position that you're going to draft or keep from a point of strength? Maybe. If Gronk is the only decent tight end in the universe and his projected points are 100 points higher than number two. Oh, spoiler. Gronk is not drinking alcohol this season. 
He's not. He's not curling up with a Zima right now. No, there's no alcohol for him. Is, is he on a party boat? Is he dancing somewhere? I'm not sure. You heard about his party boat, right? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to go on the, the Gronk party boat. <laughs> there's there's a live podcast for you. Football Fignuts coming to you live from the Rob Gronkowski party boat. Everyone's Here's the party master himself, Rob Gronkowski. Just <laughs> and he would just be like, burp, dance, and then that would be it. And then we'd be back on on the air. And be like, thank you for joining us from the party boat. So I think it's, um, is it Norwegian Cruise Line that has a deal with him? I think so. Because they also have a deal with Pitbull. Do they? Yes. One of the ships was christened by Pitbull and he performs on it like once or twice a year. There's actually a Pitbull cruise. Nice. So I just want you to imagine that for a moment. A cruise where the sole entertainment is Pitbull and Rob Gronkowski's drunken dancing. And um, people paying thousands of dollars well, to be a part of this. People are generally drunk on cruises anyway, so I don't know what you're talking about. Gonna, they wouldn't notice. Can I can I just tell you really quickly too? Oh, yeah, I had so a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, we're doing good today. Um, I had a conversation with my dad today uh, by phone, and uh, he says to me, "Yeah, I've been talking to. Um, they have a they have a, a, a place down in Atlantic City, and they're, they're always calling to come down and you know gamble and stay in Atlantic City, things like that." And the other day they called him and they offered him a uh, a cruise. Oh. And they said, hey, if you come stay at the hotel, we're going to give you like a three-night cruise, something like that, from Miami, blah, blah, blah. And my father's reaction was, all right, well, what cruise line? He was like, Carnival. And my father's reaction was, I don't want to be drunk for three days. <laughs> so, I mean, just to show you the kind of uh, reputation some of these cruises do have, you know, I, I took a cruise for my honeymoon and I was sober at least 50% of the time. Before if you, you got there, if you count, if you count my sleeping time, it's maybe sixty percent. And your drive on the way to the boat. Well, I didn't drive. I might have been, <laughs> I might have been mildly intoxicated. They they cut off alcohol that morning. You disembark, which is a sad, sad thing. Fortunately, the duty free shop had me hooked up. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, a scotch fueled ride home. So, so what you're saying is you you approve of the tight end position? <laughs> no, absolutely. I I don't think. There's a benefit to it. It changes the strategy completely. I don't agree that we should be doing away with it. What I do like is the flex position, including tight end. I like having a flex position where it's running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Because there are situations where you may end up with Rob Gronkowski and someone like Jordan Reed who comes on strong. Or Hunter Henry. Last year when Antonio Gates was uh, had so many trouble with injuries... He came on strong. It would be a situation where there might be the right matchup where you start both a Gronk and a Hunter Henry. It's possible. So I kind of like it uh, in that respect. So I, no, I'm not anti-tight end, and I firmly reject the author whose name I can't remember's premise that we should absolutely get rid of the tight end position. I don't think. Yeah, I like to like the dynamic it adds to drafting. It it just changes it, and like I said before, it completely changes the way people have to prepare, have to prepare and draft. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's next on our list of stuff? We're actually making really great time today, just so you know. We might actually have time for useless banter at the end today. Oh, nice. So um, another fan recommendation slash request. Well, before we get to that, did you see the Odell Beckham play from Monday night? I did. What was your thought? Because we did a Twitter poll on it, and I want to cover it briefly. What are your thoughts on the ODB play? Um, It was a legal hit. I don't think it was malicious. A legal hit. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was. Not, I don't think it was malicious. Um, 
you know, there's so many rules now for defensive backs about how they can hit people. And football it happens so each play happens so fast that, you know, he's Odell Beckham jumps up the air and turns around, makes a football move, and this guy has half a millisecond to decide like to figure out how to hit him and not get a flag. I think if you leave your feet to make a catch or to avoid a defender at that point, aside from head on head contact, you're fair game. Yeah. You have changed your body's position in an angle the defender cannot predict. Their sole job is to knock you down, and um, they're going to do whatever they need to do to do that. Speaking of the devil, my father just texted me. I wonder what that's about. Uh-oh. Have to wait till after the podcast. I'm sure if it were urgent, he'd but, call. Because, um, yeah, you can't hit quarterbacks in the knee. You can't hit offensive But quarterbacks linemen. don't jump in the middle right, of the right. air to you make a play. Hit, you can't hit uh, quarterbacks in the knee, and you can't hit offensive linemen in the knee. But if you're a running back or receiver, as and long as it doesn't it. look malicious... I understand he had to go up to get the pass, but if he didn't have to go up to get the pass, where would the contact be made? Midsection. Midsection or like the middle, like where his hip is. Somewhere between the elbow and the hip. Yep. Perfectly legal. We would not even be having this discussion. And he hurt his ankle, actually. He didn't hurt his knee. Yeah. I watched him limp off the field and then collapse in the tunnel. The funny start, the funny part of this story, not that there's anything funny about someone getting injured, was that my wife said to me, are you coming to bed? And I'm like, yeah, this Cleveland... New York game hasn't really yielded anything I can talk about. And she left the room and the very next play was the Odell Beckham injury. (laughs) And so then she comes out, she goes, are you coming to bed? And I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. The man with the bad haircut who loses fights for kicking that just got hurt. And that, that she understood. She was like, Oh, the kicking that dude. Oh, I hope he's okay. So, yeah. So nice questionable for week one. They're not going to mess with him. They're not going to mess with him. If he's 80%, he's going to sit out week one. At least the Giants are going to want him to sit out week one. They're going to try and make him sit out week one. Um, I, I don't see... If he's 100%, he'll be out there. But if he's like 80 90%, he's running normally, and it's still twingy, or he's not, doesn't have his normal speed, because he's so young, and they've put such an investment in him, and he wants to make a bajillion dollars doing football, they're going to protect him. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't. I, it has not changed his value on my board yet. I, I still have him as the... Uh, one of the top three receivers mm-hmm. and going in the same slot in the top five or six players. So that's good. To, that's good to see. So now should we start this mock draft thing? So we got a request to do a mock draft. So we're going to do a quick mock draft. If you go to fantasypros.com, they do an exceptional job. They have what's called the draft wizard. It's a mock draft simulator. I hate mock drafts. I like the information they provide when they provide information. But most sites you go to, you register for one and you wait 20 minutes for it to fill or you come back at the time that's supposed to start. And then the next thing you know, you're four rounds in and you're auto drafting. Hate that. There's nothing worse than auto drafting when you're trying to gather information. So the Fantasy Pros folks kind of did something about this. Their draft wizard is only you. It's auto-drafting everybody else based on the parameters you set. However, it's basing it on a percentage chance of who gets picked where based on their consensus expert list. So, for example, if David Johnson is the number one pick in 80% of the polls, in 80% of the mock drafts, he will go number one. But in those other 20%, somebody else will go number one based on their percentage chance of going number one. So the drafts are different. The good thing about these things is they take five minutes to do. So we are going to do one right now. 
We are going to do a 10-team PPR snake draft. I have the screen up in front of me. Yes, and I actually remembered to turn off my screensaver so we can get this done. And we are now going to randomly pick where in the top 10 we draft. Unless, Craig, unless there's a specific position you'd like to draft out of, I can tell it that too. Um, this is a snake draft? It's a snake draft. Let's see what it does with double pick in round 10. You want to pick 10th intentionally? I want to see what it does. You're a madman, Craig. All right. I think the 10th round pick in the snake draft is the best one. 10th round pick, and we're using our home league settings, which is one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex. The flex can be either wide receiver, running back, or tight end. One D, one kicker, and six bench. So I'll walk us through it, and we'll make the picks as we go. So we're going to be picking 10th, and I'm clicking start your draft now, and the first nine picks will fly off the board, God willing. Maybe I should test run this. Your draft is loading. There it goes. All right, it's going. So I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do is pull up the draft board. So round one went like this. Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. So Julio Jones went fifth. Okay. He's been going in the third to fourth range. So there's a situation where the percentage modifier pushed him down a spot. Then Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Evans, and A.J. Green at nine. Who do we pick with the first pick in the 10th spot? The consensus experts give us the following choices. They give you four choices, and you can put in your own if you want. Okay. Melvin Gordon, and this is in, this is in chances. Uh, the percentage is based on their expert draft. Okay. So Gordon, Jordy Nelson, Jay Ajayi, or DeMarco Murphy? Murphy. Murphy. Wow. Murphy. <laughs> DeMarco Murray. Craig, who do you pick? Um, well... See, see now in this situation, we have the benefit of being the tenth pick, so we can, we're actually going to end up picking two of them, or is that going to change? No, it's it's not the third round reversal, so we we're going to get yeah. Uh, well, let's go with Jay. So Craig decides to ignore the expert's advice and takes Jay Ajayi. And guess what? You are back on the clock for the start of the second round. You have Jay Ajayi. Sixty-seven percent of the experts say we should take Melvin Gordon. Then there's Jordy Nelson, Michael Thomas. Or Des Bryant? Um, Do you go running back, running back? Well, see, here's the thing. With a snake draft, I personally We're not going to be picked for another 19 picks. That's true. So we already have one of the top, allegedly, running backs. And there's no chance Nelson Thomas or... Is, see, now you have to think you might as well get the best receiver you can. But is the drop-off that big for Nelson Thomas or Bryant? So 20 picks from now, it's going to be somebody yeah. like... Oh, I don't know, Doug Baldwin. I even I don't even think he'll be there. He might not even be there. So, no. do you have to grab the I wide receiver? receiver? So, do you, you go Nelson, Thomas, or Bryant? I lean towards Jordy, but what do you think? I'm a big Michael Thomas fan. All right, and this is just a mock draft. So, all right, we'll take so Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas, who's only ADP is one shot lower. And now things fly by on the screen, so you got to give me a second to keep up. So round two, we took Michael Thomas, then went Melvin Gordon, Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton, Jordan Howard, DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, Ezekiel Elliott goes in 18th. 19 is Amari Cooper, 20 is Doug Baldwin, <laughs> shout out to Craig, 21, Demarius Thomas, 22, Todd Gurley, Rob Gronkowski goes at pick 3.3, uh, Christian McCaffrey oh. before Leonard Fournette. Ooh, I wonder if his ADP has been in, has been impacted by this supposed foot injury. Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Aaron Rodgers, Leonard Fournette, 
and DeAndre Hopkins. And we are back on the clock with a running back and a wide receiver in tow. Okay. The experts suggest we draft Isaiah Crowell. I would rather draft Azima. <laughs> um, Ty- Terrell Pryor is the best available wide receiver, but he shares a bye week with somebody already on our roster in week five. I don't know who that is because I'm not looking at it right. Oh, Michael Thomas is already off week five, so we'd have both wide receivers off week five. Okay. They're also saying 19% chance Travis Kelsey goes here or 14% Alshon Jeffrey goes here. So you got a running back, you got a wide receiver. Isaiah Crowell, Terrell Pryor, Travis Kelsey, or Alshon Jeffrey? Uh, I would go with Jeffrey. What is your love affair with Philadelphia this year? I don't know. I just think they're going to be good. I have a feeling they're going to win their division. I'm going to blackball Jeffrey here. All right. Because uh, unless you really think we need two wide receivers out the gate. Uh, Well, Jeffrey over Crowell. You just you just said you don't want to draft Crowell. I don't. I don't draft Jeffrey. All right. We'll take Jeffrey. (laughs) We'll take Jeffrey. And the machine starts catching up. So Alshon Jeffrey goes at the end of the third round. Oh, that's right. We have a double. Oh, we have a double. Oh, see? There you go. Crowell, Kelsey, Brady, or Pryor. It is the start of round four. I still think it's too early to worry about a quarterback. I'm not worried about Brady. No. (sighs) Do you jump on Travis Kelsey here? You still Mm -hmm. only got one running back, but there's some weirdo talent floating in the background. Who else do we have? We right now we have Jay Ajayi, Michael Thomas, and Alshon Jeffrey. But who's who does it give us a pick? Crowell, Kelsey, Brady, or Pryor. Mm. I kind of like Kelsey here. Out of those four, yes. All right, so we'll draft right. Kelsey. And the wheels start turning. Kelsey, then Landry, Lamar Miller, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Pryor finally goes. Isaiah Crowell finally goes after him. Dalvin Cook, who I hope would sneak one more round. That's okay. Tom Brady, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, then Golden Tate. Okay, so every wide receiver I name from here on out (laughs) in the next like 10 minutes of this segment takes is less desirable than Allen Robinson. I want you to remember that. All right. Start around five. Joe Mixon. Sorry, Craig. Greg Olson, Devontae Adams, better than Allen Robinson. Tyreek Hill, <coughs> Michael Crabtree, <coughs> Jordan Reed, Julian Edelman, <coughs> Sammy Watkins, and Ty Montgomery, and we are back on the clock. So we've got a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. It's telling us we should take Larry Fitzgerald. The second option is Drew Brees, Carlos Hyde, or Danny Woodhead. I say we go Brees. Okay, so here's where I'm going to say, this is where, if you read the article on our website, if not, fignutsdfs.com, go read it. This is where you start looking at your draft board. What have people taken? So I'm looking at the draft board, only two quarterbacks are gone. So the run is coming in the fifth or sixth round. So yes, with the double here, we absolutely should be looking quarterback. So, we take Drew Brees with the fifth. Yes. Drew Brees in the fifth. It's now suggesting we take Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Carlos Hyde is an option, but he shares the bye week with Jay Ajayi, Danny Woodhead, or Mark Ingram. I think Woodhead and Ingram have a slight chance to survive to the next round. I love. I like Larry Fitzgerald again. Led the league in ca- catches last year, but do we have we put ourselves in a position 
with having everything in our skill positions except our other starting running back in our flex that we have to draft running back here. Uh, who are our running back choices? Uh, Danny Woodhead or Mark Ingram. Uh, Both of which could be on the board when they get back, but most likely not. You know, I say we wait because I think everyone's going to do a run on quarterback. So then you put then you put the running. So you, you draft Larry Fitz here, and then your wide receiver core is Michael Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, and Larry Fitz. Larry Fitzgerald is your flex. Yes, I love it. Doing it. I absolutely love it. I am not a zero running back guy, and don't confuse this passing on running back. This is what I say when I say let the draft come to you. This is what I'm talking about. So we take Larry Fitzgerald. Andrew Luck goes next. Jimmy Graham, Emmanuel Sanders, Carlos Hyde, Matt Ryan, Tyler Eifert, Martavius Bryant, Stefan Diggs, Russell Wilson, Willie Sneed, Jameis Winston, Mark Ingram, Derek Carr, Brandon Marshall, Cam Newton. Craig called that right. Round seven turns out to be four out of the nine picks go for quarterbacks. Cam Newton, Kelvin Benjamin, Marcus Mariota, and Jamison Crowder. So now I'm looking... Does everybody have their quarterback? Every team has at least one quarterback. Every team has at least three wideouts. Wow. Some have four. But not everybody has their two tight end, their two running backs. One, two, three, six. Scratch out. We're the only people without two running backs right Perfect. now. Perfect. So Everything's falling into place. It is now the last pick of the round seven. And the computer really wants us to take Bilal Powell. But Bilal Powell has the same off week as J.H.I. Danny Woodhead did survive your quarterback rush. And again, stay ahead of the rush. Predict the rush coming. Don't react to it. Craig did that there. We saw in a round and a half of action, everybody but two teams. Exactly. There were only six of the ten teams, seven of the ten teams, needed quarterback, and they grabbed them in that turn. So of those 10, uh, 18 picks that we missed, seven of them were quarterback, and we were ahead of that. So Bilal Powell, Danny Woodhead, C.J. Anderson, or Pierre Garçon? Bless you. I kind of like C.J. Anderson here because Danny Woodhead got has, has uh, already has an injury. He does? Yeah, he. Uh, I can't remember what he did. He's already missing practice, though. That happened today. Oh. Foot damn. injury? And his ADP is only one slot behind Danny Woodhead. Do you have faith enough in C.J. Anderson for that to work? Mm, that's a good question. Ski, because w- until you told me that, I was going to say to draft Danny Woodhead, but now, now I don't know. Injury thing scares me. He's always flirting He's, with injury. Yeah, that's true. He is always broken in some manner. C.J. Anderson ain't exactly the most reliable horse either. No, but... So flip a coin. We can't take Bilal Powell because he has the same off week no, as a giant. I say we go with C.J. C.J. Anderson. You know what we could do? We have the double here. Do we double down on running back? Do we take Danny with the second pick here? We do. Let's see who else it gives us. It recommends we take Danny Woodhead, <laughs> Bilal Powell, Spencer Ware, or Pierre Garçon. All right. Let's take I kind of like the Danny Woodhead double running back pick here because, yeah, we waited a little bit, and one of them's got to factor in, and we've already got the tight end filled in with Larry. Stay healthy, Larry Fitzgerald. We absolutely love you. <laughs> You're an amazing player. I you went to Pitt and that kills me, but all right. So we took Dan we took CJ Anderson and Danny Woodhead to start the end of seventh, start the eighth. 
After that, Dante Moncrief, Amir Abdullah, Pierre Garçon, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, Spencer Ware, Bilal Powell, Tevin Coleman, Tyrell Williams, Devontae Parker in the ninth round. Devontae Parker, more fodder for Sean. Paul Perkins, who I'm done with. I am not drafting Paul Perkins this year in any league. I'll make sure you do. Yeah, please do. Mike Gillisley, Doug Martin, Kenny Britt, Cameron Meredith, Delaney Walker, Derek Henry, and Eric Decker all off the board. So we enter around, we're finishing up round nine. Our complete starting lineup is full. We have a running back on the bench. What do we do? Frank Gore is still there, but he also has week 11 off, which is a conflict with Jay Ajayi. So we would have two running backs in week 11. We would have to start CJ Anderson and Danny Woodhead. Okay. Theo Riddick is available. Randall Cobb is available. Kyle Rudolph is available. Craig, what do you do? Uh, I'm a big Frank Gore guy, so I'm fine. I would say Gore. See, if I was had control over who we pick, I would say to draft a defense now. Were you nuts? You're yes. going to take a defense over Frank Gore? Yes. Why? Age. Okay, over Theo Riddick? Why? I don't know. Theo Riddick has a lot more upside than any defense you pick up. You think so? Oh, absolutely. This system is going to recommend, and I follow up with it, I'm going to draft defense kicker last. I'm going to have my full bench in before I have my kicker and defense. So I'm, I'm going to say thank Frank Gore. Go Frank Gore. And I'll tell you why. Because we have Danny Woodhead, injury prone, CJ Anderson in a position battle in a crowded backfield, and Jay Ajayi, captain concussion. So we need four running backs and hope that two of them are healthy <laughs> at any given moment. So And Frank Gore has been very durable. He is durable. Very durable. And he gets the job done at the goal line. He just plays for a terrible team. All right, so second pick. We got to start the 10th. We took Frank Gore. Yep. It's recommending. Oh, oh, oh. oh it's recommending it. one of your buddies. Theo Riddick. We cannot go to five running backs. No. Kyle Rudolph. Jordan Matthews. The only player still playing in Buffalo. Or Randall Cobb. I kind of think Randall Cobb is going to bounce back a little bit this year. I like him better than I like Jordan Matthews. And Jordan Matthews has a broken sternum. That's right. Oh, he practiced today. Did he? Yes, he practiced today. He was on the field today. Not full practice, but one-on-one drills is what they called it. I think you got to get a ball catcher here because we've shored up running back. It's too early to go looking for a backup quarterback. What do you like? Uh, Cobb. Randall Cobb it is. Matthews wasn't injured. I would say him, but... Okay, time to play back to the future. Fast forward again. What is this doing? Oh, Stop that. So we took Randall Cobb. Next off the back, Zach Ertz. Oh, I like Zach Ertz. Uh, Adrian Peterson, LeGarrette Blunt, Theo Riddick, Kyle Rudolph, Darren McFadden, Adam Thielen in Minnesota. I remember Adrian Peterson would go first. Yeah, he's going in the 10th round. I took him first in the experts draft I did for Sirius XM last year. Um, so Corey Coleman... Uh, Mike Wallace, Duke Johnson, who I like a lot this year, too. Martellius Bennett, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, wow. Wow, remember him? Yeah. Hunter Henry, that's where Eddie Lacy is. He's now between Martellus Bennett and Hunter Henry. Terrence West, O.J. Howard, the Seattle Seahawks defense, Eric Ebron, and who the hell is that? Samaj Perrine? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Okay, so we're back on the clock, end around 11. So we've got everybody in our starting lineup except a kicker and a defense. 
Yep. We've got two backup running backs because everyone is dead at running back, as I've yep. talked to you guys about the whole offseason. And we've got Randall Cobb. It's recommending we take CJ Procise. Can we take a defense? <laughs> I could override it and take a defense. It's also recommending Jack Doyle as a backup tight end. I do like Jack Doyle. It's also saying we could consider Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins has the same off week as our existing starter, Andrew Brees, and that makes him inefficient. <sighs> I don't know. Really want to look at a defense here? Well, now that Seattle's gone, that's what's going to happen the next round. Stay ahead of the rush, but do we really? We've got three bench slots left. Do we really care? I would worry about picking people up later. All right, hold on. I'm going to the cheat sheets. I actually have to override the system settings so that Craig can draft his defense. All right, who do you want? The Denver Broncos. Everyone but Seattle's out there, so you have your pick. Uh, Denver. Denver. Okay, give me. bear with me, folks. Uh-oh. The Denver ADP is 125, but because Craig wants it, we're actually drafting it at position 110. That's only 15 well, spots. See, it's not bad. And again, we have the double. 0% of the experts agree with your pick, by the way. Good. Just so you know. Screw them. Okay. But we have a double. We have a double, so I'll let you take this pick. CJ Procise, Jack Doyle, Jordan Matthews, or Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Doesn't that sound familiar? I'm going to go with Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle, if, if things go well in Indy, Doyle's going to see more work. If things go bad in Indy, Doyle's going to see more work. So I'll take Jack Doyle there for tight end. We're almost done, folks. And then we will bid you adieu. Uh, Jack Doyle, then CJ Procise, then Corey Davis, Rob Kelly, John Brown, James White, Marvin Jones, the Houston, Texas defense, Kirk Cousins, Jason Witten, Matt Forte. Wow, remember him? Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, Ben Roethlisberger, Darren Sproles, Marion Mack, Jonathan Stewart goes this late. He still plays? Yep. He's still he's still technically the lead back there, technically, but Damn. McCaffrey's cutting into it. Dak Prescott and Latavius Murray, end of round 13, two bench slots and a kicker, and Jordan Matthews is still on. All right. We got to now. We need a wide out. We need a backup. It's him or Giovanni Bernard, and we already have 75 running backs. We do. So we'll take Jordan Matthews to end the round. Now the Bengals have too many running backs. so. And now we have only one bench slot and no backup quarterback. So we're talking quarterback. And the best available is Phillip Rivers. Okay. That's not terrible for waiting all the way now to get to quarterback. So we'll take Phillip Rivers, and the only thing we're missing is a kicker. So, again, Uh, trying to get down here. The Arizona Cardinals, the Chiefs, Evan Ingram. Here it is. Round 14 is your run of defenses. Minnesota, New England, New York, Thomas Rawls, Carolina, Jacksonville, Justin Tucker, Stephen Goskowski, Matt Bryant, Dan Bailey, Mason Crosby, Stephen Hauschka, Adam Vinatieri, Cairo Santos, and Chandler Canizaro round it out, which means we are going to go ahead and pick Craig's favorite kicker to finish this off. Say it with me, Craig. Who am I drafting? I don't know. Your favorite kicker. We're going to finish off with Caleb Sturgis. (laughs) Caleb Sturgis, which is telling me is not to pick because Will Lutz is still on the board. Well, nuts to that. So we end the draft. All right. Okay, so they rate your draft based on anticipated points. How did we do? A B plus. That's not bad. 89 out of 100 possible points. 
Not bad. Not terrible. So fantasypros.com, they do a fantastic job. It is a free tool, particularly if you're a CBS sports member, which we are for our home league. You can access them through that. Craig, this ran a lot longer than I thought it would be. That happens. It's okay. We're all right. We're all right on time, but we need to wrap up. Final thoughts for the week. We got one week to our draft. What are you thinking? I do. Um, Really just pay attention to injury reports because I feel like this preseason and offseason, there's been a lot more injuries than there has been recent years. In camp, absolutely. So there's a lot of injuries. People, you know, there's other people getting suspended. So just keep an eye on who's starting where and watch uh, roster spots. Agreed. Depth charts, rather. Agreed. I'm going to close with reminding you to go to our website, FignutsDFS.com, to visit our Twitter, at FignutsDFS. And for the love of all that is holy, give us a review on whatever you listen to us on, Stitcher, Google, iTunes. We need your reviews to make sure that people can find out about the podcast. iTunes is the key one. iTunes is the key one. We have a total of, I think, three iTunes reviews right now. We need more even if your review is, we have one review on Facebook that says I accidentally clicked review and now I can't go back. So here's three stars. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Give, give us, you know, if that level of honesty is always appreciated. Until next week. Next week, we'll be doing our regular podcast and then we're going to figure out a way to do our draft special and then right into DFS. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.